What is up, Draft Crafters? I know you're checking in because this is usually when we recap, uh, or sorry, not recap, but we look forward to all the games that are coming up this week with the NFL and college. We might nudge on those a little bit, but JP, we got something different planned. It is roughly the halfway mark of the season, and you know what that means. Mock draft, man. We got to do it every four weeks. Exactly. And so we've we've actually been done a, a good job of keeping our notes together. So we know what we picked last time. We're not really going to rehash that too much for certain teams because we did the we do the order. We use tankathon.com to figure out roughly where teams are at if the season ended today. And we know this the season isn't going to end this way. We know that certain teams that are in the playoffs now, in the playoff picture now, won't be vice versa. And we know the Detroit Lions are not only going to have one win in the season, right? I hope. <laughs> I hope. We believe. Uh, but that being said, we might as well start off this mock draft with the team that's on the top of the list, and that is our Detroit Lions. The last time Detroit picked number one, they picked Matthew Stafford. Are, are we going quarterback with them to start things off, or are we going somewhere else with it? Remember, because again, for those of you that uh, didn't listen to the last one or forgot because it's been a month, and roughly it's going to be a monthly thing here for the next uh, couple of rounds of this as we do it roughly every four weeks or so, uh, we are not picking who we think these teams are going to take. We're picking who we would take if we were those teams in those situations. And if you've been listening at all, you notice that we maybe don't build our teams quite the same way that overpriced NFL executives that are going to get fired build their teams. So go. with that oh, knowledge. Zingers. Hey, this morning, Dan. I would take Oof. that paycheck. You know what's crazy, man? Like, first of all, I'm going to apologize because this is going to be a longer take than most of the other takes, but I feel <laughs> like I can get away with it. It's not longer solely because it's Detroit, but it's the first overall pick. So I think it, it is worth a longer discussion, if you will. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the thing, man. I'm going to argue two points. I'm going to argue one way and then I'm going to argue the other way. Sure. So I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Ah. I will say that if Detroit ends up picking here, I do think that they most likely would end up grabbing a QB. But right. I'm going to argue for QB. Okay. Okay. The reason I would argue for QB is there's two points I could make. One, it realistically, with this coaching staff that I still have all the faith in the world and Brad Holmes' ability to draft, mm-hmm. realistically, when I don't know when they'd be drafting and at one, maybe not even in the top five, again so if not now when type thing for a quarterback right but the main reason that i would argue for a quarterback is you look they have a top five offensive line Mm -hmm. they've got jamo coming back at wide receiver soon they already have a monitor st brown they've got healthy not healthy but they've got several options at running back that are capable so what other team that is qb ready that or QB needy that is more QB ready than the Detroit Lions as far as that offense goes. I, I, I mean, don't know except if there for, is, except for a tight end. But well, sure. But I really don't I'm think that they can't. I know, I know. Don't hit me with that yet. But you get it. So there's my point. Mm-hmm. This offense is ready and can sustain a quarterback, which usually right. is my thing. Like, don't draft the quarterback now. You have no weapons for him. Your offensive yep. line's trash. Like, you're just setting them up for failure. So Justin I would Fields, argue yeah. that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, on the other side of things, I would also argue that Jared Goff is not the reason that the Detroit Lions are in the the seat for the number one overall pick right now. But I don't I also don't think he's a solution, but he's not the reason that we're losing. And if this regime, if you will, wants to win games, I just got to ask you this question, because we're going to we're debating between a quarterback and Will Anderson Jr. Right. Are you going to keep them in place so they don't get fired? Are you going to win more games with 
whatever rookie quarterback we go with and say Charles Harris, the other starting edge rusher, or is it Jared Goff and Will Anderson? I lean Will Anderson, so my vote would be Will Anderson here. I don't think Jared Goff's the reason why we're losing. It's because we can't stop defenses either. Well, we are. And Jared Goff's the reason why offenses. we lost against We can't stop offenses. Sorry. Jared Goff is the reason why the Lions lost against Dallas. But other than that, no, I agree. Sure. But he's not <laughs> yeah, the reason game. that we're in the number one no. spot. No. If anything, uh, the first four games he played really well. Uh, now hopefully he's coming back to it after that game against Miami as well when he had another good game. But, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's not the quarterback that's the problem. I don't think Jared Goff is going to be the guy that gets the Lions to the Super Bowl either. But we are a long golf from them being – a a playoff team even not not to mention a super bowl team and so i do agree with you i do think i feel the exact same way like the lions are going to take a quarterback here if they're picking number one because when are you gonna have another chance to do so i also don't think anybody in this draft is a matt stafford level prospect at quarterback so and partially part of it could be that i'm biased against ohio state i really don't think cj stroud has played that many tough games he might be great we haven't seen that yet that being said i think we both agree Will Anderson Jr. is the player to take because he is he is a That's transcendent. That's what we would take, for sure. Yeah, We will take Absolutely. him. We'll take him at one because he is a transcendent talent that the Lions can have him float anywhere around the front seven of your defense and, and handle things and really lock that piece down and make that defense better. One more thing, and then we'll move on. <laughs> the reason why I think even they should consider Will Anderson, as they would, Will Anderson in real life, sure. why this pick does make sense is – if this ends up being where, you know, maybe Jared Goff isn't the answer, then mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then you still got Will Anderson. You'd still be picking high next year because Jared Goff can't yeah. seem to find a way to win games. So I feel like it's a win-win situation, to be honest with you. Right. And if the this only... isn't the right pick, you'll just be picking high again next year. <laughs> yeah. And the only concern, obviously, for, for Brad Holmes and those guys is there seems to be a weird, like, mental exercise that happens within front offices and owners that if you draft a quarterback, you've got a couple seasons to try to groom that guy before they're going to fire you, hypothetically. Now, that being said, we both agree, like, it's still the, probably the choice they're going to make, but we think the right choice is to go Will Anderson Jr. So that gets pick number one out of the way, which we hope we won't ever have to do again for the Lions. But we'll go from there. Number two is the Houston Texans by virtue of that tie that they have against the Colts, which are (laughs) another team we'll talk about in a little while. But they see Will Anderson go. And just like Detroit was ecstatic to see Aiden Hutchinson go uh, fall to them at two, they're going to be pretty stoked that C.J. Stroud is there at two, and they're going to take him because – they are more than a quarterback away, but I think they also will be taking themselves a quarterback here. And C.J. Stroud at least gives them some excitement because Davis Mills is a nice guy, but I just don't think he's getting it done for them. Yep, I'm with you on that pick, 100%. They would have, they'd have to, I think. And again, um, Stroud okay. continues to play the way that it seems like he's been playing this season, especially when he plays better competition with the Michigan game coming up. Uh, that will just solidify that one. So going to Car- – well, geez, I'm going to go on a big run here because yep, i got a bunch go of my teams in a row. Hang out for a few minutes. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, in real life we know Quarterback? in this situation they would take Bryce Young. I'm not doing yeah. that. for You know, I argue Detroit is a, is ready to put a young quarterback in there because they have the offensive line. They have mm-hmm. some weapons around them. Well, if you hadn't noticed, Carolina is in the middle of a teardown. Right. So I'm not going to throw a young quarterback into a dumpster fire. I'm just not going to do it. Good idea. So with that being said, I'm going to go best player available and get very excited to see what it looks like with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and then Jalen Carter, my selection uh-huh. here, and Uter Gross Matos, all on a defensive line-ish area. I'd see how crazy cool that would be. 
it's at least going to make it fun for them on defense next year. Correct. This might be my shortest take of the day. If anybody's <laughs> listed any other podcast, my goodness, Pittsburgh's going to go offensive line so that Harris and Pickett, like I did consider a quarterback here because I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy, but you can't mm-hmm. give up on the guy this soon. So the only thing you can do is make him not run for his life and block for him in the <laughs> running back. Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern, let's go. Yep. Easy choice. Yes. Jacksonville Jaguars. Almost a similar argument, but I'm going to take one of my guys here. Yeah. For sure. I'm just fully convinced that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the future of that team. Right. You know, the ETNs be the future running back. The O-line's okay-ish, but they need to give him a true weapon, man, just to take some pressure off and give him some tools to work with so we can see Lawrence kind of break out a bit, if you will. It's not Christian I'm Kirk? Get up. No, the, hey, Christian Kirk's <laughs> solid. I mean, Marvin yeah, Jones, is. they got some solid guys. Right. They, don't have like, they don't have, like, the guy. Like, who's the mm-hmm. guy? Mm-hmm. You know, Evan Ingram's okay as a tight right. end, but I'm going to give him big Q, man. Quentin Johnston on tech, <laughs> TCU. That, that guy's happening. jumped up the board. Yep. He is. He's good. He's the best wide receiver in the class. And we keep saying it every sure. time. I've been saying he's it since like day right one. He's since playing day like right before the that, the <laughs> college season even started. I said I think Facts. he's the best. Uh, then we got the Las Vegas Raiders here now yeah, in this situation. Deep. Yeah, I know. In in this situation, this is probably the easiest pick so far because, in realistically, in real life, Bryce Young is not going to be here. Sorry, Derek no. Carr. Sorry, whatever's going on, but I don't think there's any way the Raiders are past. Bryce Young no. is like the sixth pick in the draft. No. So, yeah, because the Raiders like, aren't as bad as their their draft spot is right now, but they also might be at a point in the season where they're just like, well, poo, next year. Yeah, I would I would love to put an offensive lineman here. And it would make, you know, again, I could, <clears throat> excuse me, I could make the same argument, you know, if they, they block a little better, give Derek Carr some time, maybe if they bring back Josh Jacobs and then mm-hmm. Adams gets rolling because we know Adams and Carr are friends, maybe – offensive line would be the way to go. Maybe that's the way they go in real life because in real life, Bryce Young may not be here. Again, this is what right. we would do. But in this situation, he's here, so I, I would take him. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, breathe again. I, yeah, yeah, I can breathe because then you're going to go on a bit of a run, sir. <laughs> uh, for Tampa Bay, you know, I've been arguing the biggest needs hands down a tight end. And I, I, we're operating mm-hmm. under the assumption like, you know, Tim, Tom's going to be back. Well, right, he's got to pay for the I have worst he's, stuff. Yeah, now. oof, see how you are. Just like when we get to Green Bay, I'm going to be operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is back. I'm not. Yeah. We're not going to try to project anybody being traded or leaving or retiring or anything like that. Right. Um. So that being said, though, like I don't, I can't pull the trigger on Michael Mayer this early. Sure. Um. We know he just had that injury to Shaq Barrett. Uh, you can never have too many edge rushers, and Miles Murphy, I think, is kind of a steal at this point-ish. At least it's arguable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give him edge rusher Miles Murphy out of Clemson here, and I think Tampa would be stoked to take him. Yeah. Especially and... seems how I do think Tampa is going to turn this around, and they're not going to be picking anywhere near around this point. <laughs> well, right. If, even if they don't turn it around, I think they'll turn it around enough to win that division, which will then make them leapfrog teams. That right. even have, you know, Yeah. They're not going to be yeah. picking here in my mind. Oh, that division's a mess. That division's as much of a mess as Carolina right now, but uh, who's in that division? Uh, and so I would say Miles Murphy, I mean, as much as we like Will Anderson, I think Miles Murphy is the, the best pure edge rusher. I think Will Anderson's going to float around a little more. He's more versatile than Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy can just pin his ears back and go for it, and he'd love to with the other guys in that Tampa Bay front. 
Philadelphia will take an offensive lineman, and they're going to go Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State at tackle, who they can float around a little bit on the line as well, because that this is a good team. This is a team that doesn't have a, a ton of glaring holes, in my opinion, with the way that they've constructed the roster right now. It, it, the biggest thing they can do is continue to protect Jalen Hurts, continue to give them an easier way to move the football. And yeah, we're going to poke around the defense, but we'll do that a little later on for them. So if I'm at this point with Philadelphia, the way the board's fallen, you get the uh, second best probably tackle on the list. You're going to go with that. Houston Texans, because of the trades that they had with Cleveland for uh, Deshaun Watson and all that jazz, they're going to go D-line here after grabbing the quarterback in the in the uh, early part of the first round. And they're going to grab Miles Murphy's buddy, Brian Breesey. And Breesey from Clemson has had a bit of an inconsistent season. He's had some injuries to go through, had that tragedy with his sister. And so he hasn't played a ton of games. But when he's been in, when he's played, he's been absolutely ridiculous uh, for the last couple seasons. And so he's a good fit there for Houston, who needs a lot of different pieces all over the board. And he's probably the best player that's left on my board uh, to go there. I'm going to do a little bit of a, of a fun reach here for Seattle. Seattle's going to take Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. And you reminded me when we were talking about uh, who could go where that, uh, well, he did tear his pack. So yes, he did. That's a thing, and that's something to be concerned about, but I am less concerned about it because of when it happened in the season, how long that recovery period is, and the fact that guys usually come back from a torn pectoral muscle just fine. Like, it's not necessarily going to affect his athleticism, his flexibility. It's not going to mess with the things that injuries usually mess with. It's just going to take him out of being able to play football for a while. So I still like him to be high. He might not go this high in the actual draft, but I think Seattle would be stoked to have a guy who can just run around and cause havoc on their defense. Arizona's up next, and they need offensive line help. They need bodies all over that offensive line to keep Kyler upright. I mean, as you can tell anyways, he's kind of short, but uh, he's taller than I am. What can I say? Bro, Derek Jones from Georgia, who's one of your big boys that you love on the offensive line. I took I him. Do. I'm a bit of a fan. You did yeah. take him. Took him over there in Arizona. Is they need a hand on that offensive line, and he's been absolutely road grading things so far for the Bulldogs. And now I get to say the name that you don't want to say. Mm. As we go over to Chicago, they also need offensive line help. They're a little annoyed that they're stuck with the fourth body on the list. They would have loved to kept Skaronsky in Chicago, but that's not going to happen. So Olumiawa Fashanu is going from Penn State to Chicago because they need some help on the offensive line as well because Justin Fields is also running for his life still for the past couple of seasons, especially not to grab Chase Claypool in the, uh, the right of the trade deadline there. I do think the Bears go offensive line rather than trying to force a wide receiver in there and continue to have nobody to protect Fields and those guys. So that's through my run now. I'll let you talk about Green Bay. I don't know how much you love it. Hey, we got to share Green Bay and Detroit, I guess, with the next pick. Yeah. But Green Bay, man, like. Are they going to do it? <laughs> I feel like they have to. I actually thought about this for a minute because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, just based off from last week and little flashes here and there, it looks like Dobbs is starting to, you know, turn the corner a little bit. Um, right. They still don't know what is going, like, if Watson can be anything because he keeps getting hurt all the time. Right. But um, even with that being said, like, there's I, no number me, one. I got to. I, there's no number one there, but either way, like I'm assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Yep. And we all know Aaron Rodgers can throw a hell of a deep ball, and he likes to air it out. Jordan Addison can stretch the dang field for you. True. I mean, like I think I read it maybe on PFF or something, but he's caught 70% of his targets 
and his average depth of targets double digit range somewhere in there. I forget right. what it was. I don't know if it was like 10, 11, 12, doesn't matter. Right. When you're basically catching 70% of your targets that are a first down every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that Aaron Rodgers would love to have right now. Right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah, he's not a jump ball guy, but he is someone who can get open. And when you think about the fact that he won the Bolitnikoff Award last year, I mean, that's with with Kenny Pickett, who you love. Uh, that's obviously a good sign for him going forward. So that's that's a good pick there, unfortunately, for Green Bay. Uh, and they do give some, give some help to Aaron Rodgers. They could use uh, offensive line help. There's no doubt about that. But again, we just saw four guys go right in front of them. So they're probably going to go wide receiver, be happy about it, and move on. That means we're on to Detroit, who's got their pick that they grabbed from the Rams, which, I don't know, might be around this range. The Rams are still trying to figure themselves out. So yeah. what are we going to do for the Lions? Well, to me, if you know my argument, I would still continue to – the offense isn't the reason they're losing, if you ask me. Sure, two games, the offense is terrible. But, I mean, that's mm-hmm. only two games out of the eight that they've played so far. So you wouldn't go quarterback here either? No, I would not. Even if a Will Levis, well, Will Levis is here. No, I still mm-hmm. wouldn't go Will Levis. <laughs> no, I want to continue to improve this defense. And to me, you know, with most teams playing nickel and everything so often, like, I mean, there's only really one, two linebackers at times on the field. Well, I think they could upgrade from Anzalone. Right. Um, I like Rodrigo there. I don't think there's a linebacker to pull the trigger on. So I'm really looking at safety or interior D line. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, guy screaming me in the face i know he's not a safety <laughs> even though he could have the size to be a safety but i have to pound the table because i think it's probably the biggest steal of the draft so far with keely ringo cornerback out of georgia and sure. you sir agree with me and we were talking about it yesterday had an interesting take about how you almost view dbs as interchangeable in today's nfl anyway so yeah, to a great extent, as long as you got one guy who's really fast and can run with whoever you need to. He hasn't had the best season so far, like pro football focus level. I mean, he's definitely grading out well below where he was last year. But, you know, hey, when you're on that good of a team and you have that many bodies, you know, going for counting stats, it's sometimes a little hard to stand out. But he stood out last year. He still hasn't lost his touch. And so, yeah, Keely Ringo, very good choice to have right there. Uh, which means Indianapolis is very happy that Detroit once again passes on a quarterback because they will take Will Levis, Levis here so he can stay kind of close to where he was with Kentucky. He can keep the same color scheme. He's going to be a happy man as well because that Indianapolis team is just continuing its like chaotic search to try to find a freaking quarterback. They've yet to be able to pull it off and they need to because Frank Reich is going to be on something resembling a hot seat if they can't get things figured out. Matt Ryan is unfortunately washed. I know you love Matty Ice, but I think he's done. And they don't Oh, he is done. Yeah. Ellinger, I don't think, is going to show them enough over the course of the rest of the year for them to move a different direction. Will Levis sitting right there with all the tools in the world, and Frank Reich is going to believe he can develop him like he did for one year of Carson Wentz and go from there. So yeah, Indianapolis, very happy to see Will Levis on a board that he probably won't be on by this time at the, at the mock draft coming up at the end of the year, really the real draft next year. On to Cincinnati here. And this is the only pick that I made for the teams that I cover that I disagree with. It's interesting that I disagree with my own pick. That seems right. Caught, I don't know if anybody caught that, but basically what it is, is in my mind, like, gonna say because this is what we would do in my mind right. like I, I still want to give him more help on that offensive line like and you can right. do it anywhere you know like osiris torrance out of florida even an interior guy who's probably going to be a guard or a center is someone that i would have greatly considered here and it probably would have yeah. been a made more sense but does it seem like a know, lot of like, teams need help on the offensive line 
they do because Detroit <laughs> keeps drafting them. There you go. Um, Continue. But no, all I'm getting at is like I, I feel like offensive line would be something that I would have done here, but this is the only pick where I kind of blended what I think they would do in a little bit. Sure. And I, I do, and I like this player, so I don't disagree with it either, but I'm going to give him cornerback Cam Smith of South Carolina. He's solid. Just, he's very good player, very good player. And I'm just, you know, you, yeah, you got Eli Apple and Shadobi Awuzie, but I just feel like you could upgrade there. I mean, mm-hmm. even some of those guys, I mean, you got Mike Hinton probably as a nickel guy. They have some solid names, but I just feel like they could upgrade. And right. Seeing Cam Smith still available, he's just, I don't know, screaming to me. So, oh, this would be the Smith one thing. Yeah, he's allowed six catches through five through the first five games. Yeah, he's a baller. Yep. That's why I put him here. And even though it's something I may not do, but I just, I had to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You're still going. I know I am. I was just <laughs> taking a breath because it's my second favorite team. And it's, it like knocks the wind out of me every time I see how bad New England is this year. But yeah. it's time. This money they threw into this explosive, flashy tight end free agency year of Janu Smith and Hunter Henry, it's not working. Like it was a fun hit idea. The, hit the abort button. Mm-hmm. Get rid of these guys. Clear up some cap room. You're not winning anything anyways. And let's get Michael Mayer in there. Give <laughs> give Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, whoever it ends up being. We'll see. Right. A, a nice safety net. I know I keep screaming they need a wide receiver. I don't see a wide receiver we're taking here. So the next best thing would be a nice safety net. You still have got Jacoby Myers, who's an awesome two. You'll have mm-hmm. an awesome tight end. Now, if you can figure out someone who can play that number one role as a wide receiver later, maybe you get lucky and find somebody in the mid- second day of the draft. I don't know, but I got to give them Michael Mayer. And so they can free up that cap space. They got tied up at tight end. It's crazy. Right, and Michael Mayer is very much in the same vein. He's a little bit smaller than Ronkowski. He's a couple inches yeah, shorter. He's like 6'4", but... right? Right, but he has the same sort of uh, catching you know, tools that Gronkowski did. Plus, he works his butt off in the run game, unlike a lot of other tight ends that are out there. He can actually you know, do what Gronk did blocking as well, which is something that uh, Bill Belichick ex- expects out of his tight ends. Washington. They're going to go the corner route. They really wanted Cam Smith, but he just went in front of them. So they're going to go next best thing and grab Joey Porter Jr., who's another guy that I've seen all over draft boards. The Penn State kind of hybrid corner safety, and he's one of those guys that can go either way and bounce around. And so he is going to be a great pickup for Washington as they hopefully sell the team and get somebody else in there to change their nickname. We'll see what happens No on that. more Manders. Can we just – no more <laughs> Manders. I highly doubt they will change the team name after one season, even with new owners. Now, again, when we talk about things that you and I would do if we owned a team, we wouldn't have named them the Commanders to begin with, but we would definitely have Ooh. changed it as soon as we got in there. If that been was the, the Red case. Wolves. Tell you what, we got to have, uh, again, I still think Red Wolves wouldn't have worked because of some contract issues, but we could have come up with something better, one. And uh, once you win the, the Powerball after it jumps up to like $3 billion at some point, then we can sort that out. In the meantime, Ooh, Atlanta like living it. in... Yeah, Atlanta living in, you know, the real world is going to go with someone to help out their offensive line as well. Even though they've seen so many guys go already, they they need to. And again, I think we're going to see a lot of O-line players end up in this first round because there's so many teams that seem like they're struggling at different points along their lines. Plus, you know, hey, there's five guys in that position group, right? Osiris Torrance, who you have been beating the table for out of Florida has been having a solid season, and he's going to go to Atlanta. He's a tackle right now for Florida, but he's probably going to be more of a guard when he's at the next level. That being said, it's still a spot on the line that Atlanta needs to fill 
because they need to keep whoever's playing quarterback for them upright. And which is kind of the theme, I think, of this first round so far. And again, that's how you and I like to build our teams. We much rather prefer to go trenches, baby. Exactly. Trenches. Because especially when you're talking about the way that the first round works with that extra year of uh, of the contract that you can opt them into. I mean, you get five years of an offensive lineman who should be able to come in relatively plug and play more or less and give you an opportunity to build a team. That's it just makes more sense for us. Over to you for Denver. Welcome back to you the know first round, Broncos. You know, what's funny about that is I got a new team to the first round due to a Bradley Chubb trade with the Miami Dolphins. So welcome, Denver. Goodbye, Miami. Because although they still have a first round pick, the other one's forfeited. So Denver, a new team to the first round, and I got a new player to the first round. It's a guy that I haven't even talked much about, but Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge rusher, guy they can put in right where Bradley Chubb was at. Um, I'd ha- I can't remember his stats off the top of my head, but Tyree-, Tyree Wilson's having a heck of a year so far. He's got like 50-plus tackles as an edge rusher, and I think he's got right around seven sacks. He's, he's At the very least, he's in the conversation for the back end of the first round. Maybe I went a little too early on him. I'm not sure yet, but I was excited to put a new team and a new player in this, so I'm going to roll with it for the time being. Well, you know where Pro Football Focus has him rated right now. I do not. I try not to look at that stuff, I tell you. I I look at that stuff after we already put the names down. They've got him sitting 11th right now on their big board. 11? No way. He's not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I feel well. I appreciate my twenty or whatever pick we're on here. I feel much better about it then. Right, and there you go. Because I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, in reality, I almost think Isaiah Foskey might go above him too. Maybe even sure. an Andre Carter. But I, I, you get it. Yeah, Tyree Wilson. Boom. Sure. And then the Chargers, who probably could have used you know a couple different bodies, they can't win in front of them. They're just going to go with the best DB that's sitting out there right now. And I say DB as opposed to corner or safety because I feel like along with Joey Porter, he's kind of more a safety than a corner. Maybe Porter's a little more than a corner than the safety. But Brian Branch from Alabama has been balling out so far for them this year. And he's a guy that kind of floats between those positions and is a nice big body back there as well. And that seems to be our theme because we kind of made the same argument that while Keely Ringo's a corner, he's definitely got the size and ability to probably go play safety if Detroit needed him to. Well, and part of it is too, like in general, what what body type fits a corner and a safety anymore is kind of merged. Corners used to be shorter guys or faster guys. Safeties were bigger guys that would go down and thump in the run or whatever. Linebackers were bigger. It really does seem like the back half of the uh, the NFL's uh, defenses now are smaller guys. So Brian Branch, six foot one ninety three, is a really nice fit for a lot of different things that they want to do on defense there in the uh the city of la which is still weird to say that for the chargers still don't like it seattle doesn't like everybody that went in front of them because they want an offensive lineman so they're going to take jalen duncan from maryland who's the guy that i haven't paid as much attention to as i probably should have but everything i read on the guy everybody seems to love him and the way that he's playing and the the numbers that he's putting up and again if you look at a team that could go a couple different directions i feel like seattle actually is okay with what geno smith is doing and again this is all halfway through the season. If Gino craters in the second half of the season and becomes what he's been the rest of his career, then yeah, he's probably you know, there in the market for a quarterback at that point, potentially. But I think with the way that things are going for them, the way that they seem to want to identify themselves a little more on the ground, Jalen Duncan from Maryland, not a bad pickup for him. And the New York Jets, who are next, are super pissed because they know they need an offensive lineman. They know they need an offensive tackle because the one thing that they haven't had this season is a healthy they still offensive got a... tackle. 
They still got you gave him a great tackle here, man. I, I was going to take them. I almost considered him for Denver. Sure. And they're not upset about the fact that they have Anton Harrison from Oklahoma uh, because he, again, is another guy that could rise up the boards as the season progresses. But they need an offensive tackle, even with Elijah Vera Tucker probably coming back, even with Mikai Becton probably coming back. There's no way that they want to go into next year with two guys that have had injury histories like that as their their top two tackles. So bringing in another body there that could slot in pretty much anywhere other than maybe center uh, for that team is going to be very valuable for the New York Jets, who are a surprising 24th on our draft sheet right now with the way that their season has been going so far. By 25 way, is not mean Denver. I meant Cincinnati. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Consider taking Duncan slash Harrison. But... No, admittedly, Denver's offensive line. I don't think has been the biggest problem. Yeah, so yeah, either, yeah. But... I'm just saying. But I, where I was actually considering, I was up where I had Cam Smith, where I was saying sure. I was arguing with myself. But my the next pick's on me. But there is no pick because mm-hmm. it's Miami. Whoops, sorry, Miami. And so, again, but... they had one other pick in the first round uh, that they had from San Francisco with the Trey Lance deal, but they turned that into Bradley Chubb. So fair play. When we, again, when we talk about our, our draft grades coming out after the uh, 2023 draft, we're definitely going to take that into consideration, just like we did for the Russell Absolutely. Wilson thing. Although the Russell Wilson thing hasn't aged too well yet. We'll see how it goes. Ooh. Apparently, Russ plays better in other countries. Thanks. We'll see what happens. I'm just, I'm full Maybe of Maybe it was the high, knees on, is the high knees on the plane. You got loose Tell you what, early. He's going to try to take after Tom Brady and, and put out a little workout tape on the high knees on the plane. It'll be great. I got a friend flying over from Africa right now. I should probably shot them a text and said, hey, do some high knees. You'll feel better when you get back. I'll ask. It's gonna, Baltimore. It's become a thing. <laughs> All right. Baltimore coming back uh, at the 26th spot as we bring things together. They have a couple things in a couple spots and a couple places that they need, but they really do need another weapon for Lamar. Right now, he's got Rashad Bateman when he's healthy. He's got Mark Andrews when he's healthy. He might have Isaiah Likely. He's got a good start to the season so far, the rookie. No, but I like they need, Isaiah Likely. Yeah, they need more people to throw the ball to, and that's going to be Keishon Boutte from LSU, who has been rocking it around so far this season, as LSU actually has had a better season than it seemed like they were going to have at the start of the year. But he's been somebody that's been kind of in that uh, that combination of the top five wideouts, and I think he's going, what, third off of our board so far. Uh, definitely in the conversation for one of those top guys. And... He's going to be uh, somebody that Baltimore should be quite happy to have on that team because they need more options out there. Kansas City, well, you know what? They probably could take a wide receiver here, uh, but it seems like the free agent people they've been picking up and working out for him. Part of that could be Pat Mahomes. Part of it Plus, could Sky be... Moore is going to turn it around. Man. Right. Tell you what, man, if there's anything that Kansas City wants a, a you know, little mulligan on right now is Sky Moore, but I don't think Sky Moore is going to continue to play uh, with this much of a challenge. I think he's still adjusting. Because again, that's the thing people forget. A lot of guys, when they make the jump from college to pro, aren't just going to walk in and be day one contributors at the level that you think they will be, and vice versa. Nobody thought Rodrigo coming out as a sixth round pick for the Lions was going to be starting as quickly as he was. And so flip-flop there with uh, what Sky Moore's dealing with. But they did grab George Karloftis, another guy who's had some trouble adjusting to the NFL. And again, I don't think he's awash by any stretch of the imagination, but still tough adjustment. So let's get him some help. Let's get him somebody else to balance that out. They're going to grab the edge rusher from Notre Dame. And that's Isaiah Foskey, who we've talked about a couple different times. Mm-hmm. He's another guy that's kind of floated between, uh, again, after we, we put our, num- our names in, I go and check and see where other people are at. Uh, he's been floating between the high teens and they're like the low teens, rather like you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that ballpark. 
and the back end of the first round. So I think this is a good spot for him. Uh, and I think Kansas City will be happy to have another guy to help put some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I like I say, I almost took Foskey earlier. So that's a good pick. Can't be mad about it. Right. This pick here was really tough. I did everything in my power I could to stick to my guns and just say until I see something from this guy, I wasn't going to take him. But <laughs> yeah, I, I I caved in. I was weak. I don't know how at this point Dallas does not roll the dice on the ninja. Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. from Ohio right. State wide receiver. Um, I don't know if it's C.D. Lamb or if it's Dak or maybe it's both of them. I have no idea. But that whole passing game just seems to operate better when C.D.'s got a partner in crime, if you will. Sure. Right now, I feel like he's missing it. Um you know, like when they had Amari Cooper and CD, right. I just feel like it was working a lot better. So mm-hmm. if you could get the hamstring right and the ninja's okay, then yeah, him and CD Lamb together could be super dangerous for that offense. Um, I just at this point, I figured why not? It's a dart throw. Right. It's not even really a dart throw. If you go back a year ago, the guy was phenomenal. It's just this hamstring injury right. is terrifying me. Like it's obviously pretty <laughs> bad. Sure. Something's going on, but um, at this point, why the heck not, you know? Right, um, and again, he could change the story by the end of the season. Absolutely, good. Yeah, and just hopefully it's, you know, post-Michigan game. <laughs> right. But um, New York Giants, I got up next. Who will know, not be picking they're, they're here. great team. They're great They will team, not dude. be picking here. <laughs> they might be, Dan. They will not. They might be. With that being said, um. I took a, an interesting approach here, you know, because, you know, we, we've talked already even on just this episode. Because we're living in a fantasy well, world where they're picking this high or this back is late in the draft. Easy, easy. So much <laughs> shade and disrespect thrown to the state of New Jersey. I mean, have you been there? No. All right, then. Go in there. Don't want to, maybe. But anyhow, <laughs> back to football here. So we talked yeah. a little bit about how, you know, in today's NFL, like you can, there's a lot of different sizes being thrown in the defensive backfield. But so I could have gone like a shorter corner with like uh, Clark yeah. Phillips or maybe even a little bit taller corner, a guy that I liked a lot, Garrett Williams. But mm-hmm. I decided to give the Giants um, some size advantages here. Um, and I went with Christian Gonzalez, another newcomer to the first round for us out of Oregon. This is a cornerback who has been playing very well as, as well as the other guys. I think Christian Phillips or Clark Phillips, sorry, has probably mm-hmm. been playing the best of the three, to be honest with you. But yeah. man, Christian Gonzalez is listed at like six two. I mean, that's just a matchup where you could he, he I don't know. I want to use that. I want to give it that's to a... the Giants because they're such a good team mm-hmm. and they could use another really good corner so that it's they can continue individual. to pick at the end of the draft, Dan. <laughs> so it's driving home uh, for it, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I like it. I'm, I'm gonna stick to my guns with Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon here. Um, sliding to Tennessee, <clears throat> man, shocker. Uh, can I give him a wide receiver here? Um, I'm gonna operate under the assumption that it's it's not even an assumption, but Malik mm-hmm. Willis is still supposed to be the quarterback of the future, correct? Yeah. So with that being said, Malik Willis has a bit of a cannon for an arm, or at least, you know, he can sling it downfield. I don't know if I want to call it a cannon, but he can sling it downfield. Mm -hmm. And let's assume Trey Burks works out and gets healthy (laughs) and can be your, you know, your prototypical route runner and just, you know, point of catch type guy. I don't know. I'm looking for a field stretcher here. Josh Downs out of North Carolina, I think, can do that. He can take mm-hmm. the top off this offense for Malik if he does want to heave one down there. 
So I like the fit, and I do think it would help Trey Burks quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and slide that in there. Then Minnesota here, this is one of – this might be my favorite fit of the draft outside of Will Anderson being in Honolulu Blue. That's – with Hutchinson, <laughs> man, that's great. Mm-hmm. But this might be my favorite pick that I've made for the fit for the team because here's the thing. I've been back and forth on whether Minnesota needs an edge rusher or a D lineman, whatever their biggest need is. Mm-hmm. Andre Carter, senior from Army, six foot seven Oof. and like 270 pounds. Giant. You can move him up and down that defensive line however you need to. Mm-hmm. So I have him listed as an edge rusher, but either way, what I'm saying is, is this guy could fit in either one of two of their biggest needs, at least in right. my opinion, and be perfect. So I, I love this fit, the pick, everything for Minnesota. Hate that they're a division rival, but yeah, <laughs> it's 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 honestly one of my favorite matchup picks that I've made. Other than obviously, I like sure. Big Q. I like Big Q in Jacksonville too. <laughs> right, and there's a decent chance. Andre Carter could go higher than this, especially after what we expect is going to be him just destroying the combine. So that's uh, all in the future we're talking about right now. And the last two picks in the draft are both mine because, you know, I have teams that are better than your teams right now because somehow the Giants are still in 29. Just wait for the Giants, man. All right. This is going to be a fun fun, uh, running gag watching them tank the last half of the season. Buffalo, though. Come in right now is the second to, to last pickup. And they've got, you know, they don't have a ton of holes. That's the thing about a team that's playing as well as they are. And so I want to give them a little bit of help on the defensive line. So Von Miller doesn't have to do everything himself. Gregory Russo is kind of having a bit of a rough season. So I'm going to go with Felix Anadike Uzamoa out of Kansas State, who has been a big part of the reason why the uh, Wildcats are having a good season so far this year. And he's a guy that we had taken towards the back half of the first round on our first mock four weeks ago. So I see no reason to change that, just maybe change the team. So Buffalo is going to be pretty happy with having a body like him on their defensive line as he continues to to put up solid numbers. And again, he's not the best in this class for this position, but this guy just he's got the physical end of things as well. And he's gotten 19 sacks so far since I think he's right around that since the beginning of last season. So not a bad production from a college player. Philadelphia, last pick of the draft. You know, there's a lot of ways you can go with a team that's looking as solid as they are. They're going to go the DB route. They're going to grab Antonio Johnson, the Texas A&M safety. Who, Best again, pick, so that's the biggest steal so far, yeah. I think. Again, he's another guy that could easily go higher in the draft, depending on how teams want to go and where they want to focus themselves. And so that's the fun part. Like, I think when we, when we were looking through guys and looking back at the, the draft we did a month ago, uh, it's there's so many different players that could go in the middle part of the first round, the late part of the first round or the second round. I mean, looking at who we put on the last one, I mean, Garrett Williams didn't go this time around. BJ Ujolari didn't go the first time around. Your boy Blake Corum didn't go the first time around. Then again, no running backs did. So that's probably part of it. But uh, that's the the class is so deep, man. Like there's a lot of teams that could have taken a running back. But what's the point? Yep. And again, so that's part of the fun with one, how how things are going to flex throughout the rest of the season Two, what players are going to continue to to develop and show out in college. And three, with the fact that we uh, you look at the draft board and how it's changed since, you know, four weeks ago with who's where as far as what teams are picking where the nice thing is. We at least now don't have any mid-season trades of picks, so we don't have to worry about that until later on. So at least that will stay the same, and we won't have teams jumping in and out of the first round until we get to the actual draft 
or at least towards probably towards the end of the season. But it's going to be fun to see what teams move up and down the list, like how the Giants will drop like 10 spots and be picking a lot higher. It's going to be a ton of fun. I mean, especially <laughs> when I get to keep teasing you how the, uh, how the Giants are going to, you know, win their division and win some playoff games. And yeah. And no, at any rate, <laughs> as we can Let me remind to... you, I do not like, I'm going to be happier if you are right about it. Yeah, I know. You I just like winding me up. Doesn't take yes. much. I'm sorry. It's like, no. look, hey, Giants fans, enjoy the run. Your team has been winning games, and I cannot knock them for that. I'm just knocking them for how they're winning it. They haven't won a game by more than a touchdown yet. Beat somebody, Ooh. actually beat somebody, and then we'll have a chat. At any last, rate, last little bit for me, I just want to say the game, obviously, for college, the, the whole world's looking forward to seeing the most, because I know this is a, a looking forward to episode, if you will, but right. mock draft today. Uh, obviously Georgia and Tennessee. I don't think anything sure. needs to be said about that. But what I would like to point out, if I just pick one game that I'm looking forward to the most for the NFL, it, it's it's still obvious to me, but for completely different reasons. Before the season started, <laughs> I had November 6th circled on my, my calendar for a matchup that I thought was, at the time, the two best teams in the NFC going head-to-head. Whoops. Or, yeah. Yep. So the Rams and Buccaneers rematch. I was like, dude, these are the two best teams in the NFC. I want to see this. This is going to be an incredible game. Now it's just like, who's going to figure this out? Right. Who's exactly. Gonna start to turn it around now. So I still want to watch the game, but for completely different reasons. Right. So sad times and, there. Plus, there's like six teams on by. So there's right. This is a good game. week. A good week for us to do a mock. And again, obviously, we're going to be looking at Green Bay and Detroit because we're always looking to see Detroit find ways to beat Green Bay, which, hey, this year looks like everyone knows more plausible. Always looking forward to Detroit. Right. And then the so. other game for the for the college and I looked through it, college games this week. It's just kind of how it works out when you're playing conference games. You never know how they're all going to shake down. There's only two games that have two ranked teams playing. And that one first one you said with uh Tennessee and Georgia is the big one between the hedges in the afternoon, which is funny that the the big game is coming earlier in the day, because then after that, your, I guess, undercard for the night is uh, Alabama and a resurgent LSU is number six plays number 10. And that is a game that has certain certainly implications for how things are going to shake down, because, again, Alabama has to win out now, basically, to give themselves a shot at the playoff. I don't think a two loss Alabama team that doesn't win their division is going to get a whole lot of love and LSU. Um, after their early two losses, they've got a chance to steal that half of the division away from Alabama. So unfortunately, as we've joked about, the SEC is the fulcrum of college football. Well, this is a week where it actually is because nobody else is playing two, mat- two ranked teams coming in there and the games aren't moving the needle everywhere else. Anything else you want to wrap up with, JP? I'll just say two things. Saturday, go blue. Right. Sunday, big blue. <laughs> a little Honolulu blue. We'll see oh, what no. Oh, you didn't even catch on to my dig, man. Come I on. Didn't. One of the things one of the things for the Giants is they call them big blue. Oh well, I try I not to, pay to get attention one to the more. Giants. I was trying to get one more little just <sighs> in there. I got big I got blue. your big blue right here. When you look at the big blue, who are they playing again this week? The Giants. A team that's gonna lose. Well, they're they're playing by. So I know. But I just it was just a dig <laughs> at you. They're not gonna lose this week. Yeah, no, they're not going to lose this week. We'll have one more week of them having a shiny, pretty record before things come crashing down. All right, that wraps us up for this one. Anything else, JP? Nah, I'm good now. Well, go enjoy yourself some college football games, maybe some rivalries you're paying attention to. 
Line up for the big one in between the hedges and let us know what you think about all of our crazy picks for this mock draft. We'll catch you next time on Draft Draft.